Welcome to the Media Mavens podcast, where you'll hear the most compelling, provocative, and real conversations with industry leaders and innovators in tech, sports, and entertainment with our host and CEO of well-known PR firm, Axis Entertainment, Sarah Miller. Hi, this is Sarah Miller and Marjorie DeHay with Media Mavens podcast. We're here with Darren Jeffries, the creator of the original American Ninja Warriors. Hey, Darren, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Good. It was so funny. I just made a stop talking because I just so much to talk to you about. I love that we all were from LA, but now you and I are here in AZ. We'll get Marjorie out to AZ. We'll convert her out here soon. <laughs> but like, so, so you're calling in. So I love it because you're like, you're in North Carolina right now building a Ninja Warriors set. And I know when we chatted, you are the creator, the original creator of not the show, but the set, the American Ninja Warrior set, correct? Right, the obstacle course. We are the obstacle course creators. I am the original course creator for American Ninja Warrior and every other show on earth like it that's ever wanted to try to one-up Ninja Warrior. I have also been the go-to company to, to design and build those shows. What other shows, like, like okay, I'm trying to think which ones that I'm familiar with, which other shows have been trying to one-up you guys that you've built? Sure. Kind of rolling the clock back, gosh, let's say 10 years, roughly. We, we got handed the plans for American Ninja Warrior by NBC. My company was or is the company, the preferred builder for all kinds of NBC properties, other shows. We used to do all the games for Biggest Loser, you know, for example, on NBC. And so NBC handed us the plans for the Ninja Warrior course that's in Japan, known as the Sasuke course. And we basically converted that to an American course and created an American competition and toured America, sourcing athletes in different cities and then bringing them all to Las Vegas for our big finals, which was an identical year one in America with the finals. We identically replicated the Sasuke course, which was in Japan. And it turns out we had a huge cult following in America of athletes that really wanted to compete on that Japanese course, but there was no way for them to to get to the starting line. There was no process. So when NBC contacted us saying, hey, we want to do our American Ninja Warrior, we want to have the finals in Las Vegas, we want to have a course that tours America and gathers all of our semi-finalists. That was on me to, to start the whiteboarding and all the napkin drawings and converting all those ideas into an actual budget and a schedule. And then we design and fabricate all the obstacles in-house. We build the entire course in-house. We have employees that are you know, testers and that's their job. They are professional <laughs> testers for our courses and our obstacles. That has to be such a cool job. Crazy. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing? Don't worry about that conference call or that report. Go run the obstacle course and see how many times you can fall right. off it. Right. Like we, those... we moved the trampoline three more feet, so you're not going to hit the wall this time. You're going to actually, yeah, <laughs> you know. <'cause... laughs> and are those professional lots, stunt lots people? Is that their background to be a tester? I have to imagine they have that experience. Sure. So I'm a rock climber. I, I used to be, a, I worked for the Forest Service for about 10 years. I ended up on a hotshot crew and, you know, fought a lot of forest fires around the country, helicopters, you know, fire engines, the whole nine yards. And, but I've been a rock climber since I was 14 years old. I'm also, I like to mention, I'm also a high school dropout. So it's kind of a fun part of the story. And, uh, you know, I wanted to go rock climbing instead of studying books. 
And I ended up fighting fire. I ended up then wanting to, I started a rock climbing school in 1999. And we immediately started getting phone calls from a lot of low budget shows like Nickelodeon, a lot of VH1, MTV, some road rules, you know, cold turkey. I mean, just a bunch of these kind of lower budget. And reality television was just coming around back then. So this is like early 2000s, right after the turn of the century which is a fun way to say it. And then... <laughs> that didn't just age and, everybody. <laughs> right? And so internally, when we ended up starting to build the Ninja course, which is, oh, 2011? I, I don't have my calendars in front of me, but roughly 12 years ago. So right around you know 2011, 2010, we started building a Ninja Warrior in America. And so we were all testing it ourselves, like the fabricators. Like my, my guy was welding and he would weld the salmon ladder cleats and then we would turn right around and put on some clothes, athletic clothes, and we'd all start working on it. And if, if we need to change something, we'd change it on the spot. And so it was really, you should have seen our insurance company. Our workers' comp insurance company was just freaking out the whole time. Because, you know, <laughs> wait a second, you got a warped wall in your, in your warehouse and, and you've got salmon ladders and <laughs> you're doing what? So really exciting. Everybody was learning. Insurance Industries was learning. We were in a huge learning curve. And that was just season one. We we didn't realize how popular the show would get. And what happened was after we did the first year in America and we put everything away, took about 120 days, 24-7, team of, oh, roughly 40-some-odd men and women, very talented men, young men and women. And we got through season one, we put all the gear away, we scratched our heads saying, wow, what just happened? And following season, we got all these applications from former competitors who wanted to work for me full time as a tester. <laughs> and so that's where the testing career, the door swung wide open. You could, but the caveat was this, if you test the course, you cannot compete. So they were forfeiting their right compete in order to come uh, and be a tester for us and, and ultimately working full-time as riggers and fabricators and you know that sort of thing. So we created a lot of jobs with American Ninja Warrior. Really cool. This was Japan. But was the obstacle the exact same or was it harder than the one in Japan? Year one, we, we did our best to replicate identically to what the Sasuke course in Japan was. So we built the American course was built in Las Vegas or is built in Las Vegas. And year one, we replicated very closely. We had to translate all the plans were in Japanese. So we had to translate them to American or to English and American standards and measurements. And then we fabricated our obstacles. Year two, the athletes were so much stronger. The second year we did it in America, the athletes were phenomenally more talented, more focused. They had spent all year practicing for the return of American Ninja Warrior. And we found when we got to certain cities, like when we got to Dallas on year two, we had to make the obstacles harder, like in the field. We, we realized that our, our athletes were going to just stomp this course. And th- the idea is that this course is doable, but nearly impossible, especially if you haven't practiced on it. So the big difference is that, you know, like our, our athletes, when we would, our testers in house, they could practice and practice and practice and get it right. But on the show, you just get one chance. You never get a second chance until the, the next 
year and then we change things every season so (laughs) how do you come up with these ideas because every year it's got to be bigger and crazier and wilder so what's the process of coming up with these crazy courses sure so uh, there's two directions you can go the bottom line in my career everything that i've ever done i've had to one-up myself the very next year i mean the very very next year but the thing is, is we have to ensure our own work i have to provide the insurance for the course and for the participants and for our testers. You know, the production company does not ensure that. They hire me to design, build, and insure the course. And so the key is, is that we cannot veer from safety at all. Like we cannot step, we can't push the envelope in any direction other than improving human performance, not increasing human risk. <laughs> and so a lot of the people that I've worked with over the years have always wanted to push the risk element. Or oftentimes I've been asked or I've been labeled kind of an adrenaline junkie, which is absolutely untrue. I don't like adrenaline rushes. It freaks me out. It makes my stomach feel weird. I take calculated control of risks and we find ways to increase human performance, not human risk. That's an in-house discussion with about a dozen or so athletes. You know, We have a, a time set aside every year where we would sit down and we would talk about how how to make things a little spicier without taking any additional risk. <laughs> what is like the hardest? Like, I, do, do you have any specific courses that you guys love and repeat year over year? Because I know I every now and then I watch it, but I feel like there is some element of, you know, it's comfort because you can see the same. They're different, but there's a few that are kind of similar to the year before. Do you have any favorites or like any fan favorites or any that you guys want to keep year over year? Sure. And, and, and unfortunately, it got, it got blacklit. So two seasons into American Ninja Warrior, Sylvester Stallone and Netflix came to us with Sylvester's uh, production company uh, and Netflix came to our production group and our, uh, us as a, as a builder saying, what does it take to one-up Ninja Warrior? And we basically said, hey, we need a little more money and a little bit more time and we can build something that is truly great. And we, we were really taken off the chain for Ultimate Beastmaster on Netflix. And that ran for three Wait, wait, wait. Seasons. What is that one? Wait, I have not, I'm not even familiar with that one. Marjorie, have you heard of that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's that was popular. It's just, I think, because it was on Netflix, you had to be like in that Netflix. It didn't get the same advertisement. Is it just is it just another yeah. version of Ninja Warriors with Sylvester? It, it, it and was steroids. It was a lot bigger. We built a course that was what we wanted. We we were basically asked by Netflix and, and, and the production companies to come back to them with what we would want to see, you know, with all of our ninja experience. So the, the Ninja Warrior, back on Ninja Warrior, so American Ninja Warrior, we did it in, we did it two years in America, and then we started doing it all over the world. I went to the Japanese, to Tokyo Broadcasting System, and to TBS, and we created an alliance where anywhere that that TBS licensed the show, that my company was going to be the designer and the builder and the insurer, so we could keep quality control and we could protect their format globally. So that because the Ninja Warrior format is very very specific, there's things that you you never see in the Ninja Warrior. You'll never see a harness on a contestant. You'll never see him wearing a helmet. Isn't that uh, you'll never. I mean, it's not cheating. It's safety, but isn't that cheating you have to be on uh, your I mean, it, you it, it your tips. 
barely holding on to stuff. Right. And then it's over water. And so fall protection is a big splash. CBS had a very closely honored format that we had to stick very close to. And when we built Ultimate Beastmaster, we had no format. We were able to design and build anything we wanted. And wow, we came up with we came up with obstacles. Some of them actually never made it on the show, but I, I'm talking about trampoline obstacles in our warehouse where our testers would fly 30 feet between trampolines. And, and I mean, just phenomenal movement and so on. So that was really the show, Ultimate Beastmaster. It was for three seasons. That was really the show where we felt like we were at the peak of our creativity and, and, our, and our reach. What other shows have you done similar? What have you built out besides Beastmaster and Ninja Warriors? Sure. So Amazing Race. Um, I love yeah. Amazing Race. That's why of all those reality shows, that was like I've always wanted to be on Amazing Race. It's all about the clues and all about what you're doing and hurdles. Right. That is my ultimate. I've always wanted to be on that. Margie, right. we need to discuss being on that show. I love yeah, that show. Two, the two of should be a team and you should go after it. <laughs> so I've always wanted to find somebody who would do it with me. So I did like just deviating off the I just did my first Spartan race in April. And I was like, okay, this is my mini version of American Ninja Warriors. And I got to tell you, I felt the pain of that one. But I mean, so I want to do another one. But like you want to do those in teams. But America's Amazing Race is the only one that I would ever give up a week or two of time to go do on the road with somebody. Oh, my goodness. And that is a whirlwind tour. That's actually my personal favorite show to work on. Because so we're the company that, when you show up in one of those cities around the world and all of a sudden there's ropes hanging down the side of a high rise or you're going to do a tightrope walk between high rises or a big swing under a bridge, that was all us. That was my, me, my guys and gals, all of our equipment. And we would show up a week early and we would take a high rise and bring it up with cables and ropes and just oh, turn it into an act. Oh, you have safety. Playground. Wait, unlike Ninja Warriors and Beasts, you have like, if you're going to jump, if we're following the clue for the millions and we're jumping a building, we're going to have helmets and harnesses on, right? Oh, yeah. yeah that's, that's, <laughs> I just want to specify since Margie's an attorney because you know I'm going to drag her into this. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> the two of you would just be superstars on that show. Absolutely. So that, that really pressured us into having some real fun. I mean, a great example would be I'd get a phone call and they'd say, Darren, look, we're going to fly you to Honolulu and you're going to have a driver waiting for you at the airport and we're going to give you three days to drive around Honolulu and look at everything and then come back to us with three pitches for games that, that are high-end, big-risk games. And... I would pitch them, well, we could climb this high rise, we could jump off of this high rise, or we could maybe swing here, or we could be in the water here, we could fall out of helicopters over here. I mean, there's all these different places. I could literally show up in a place like Honolulu or any city and turn it into my own personal playground. And anything that I knew that I could rig, design, and build, we ended up on the show. And that would that was their final game, usually in city, the last three teams. They would come across my my radar, my desk. We would try to scare them. And we always said high level of perceived risk and a low level of actual risk. And so that that was always our motto for designing these 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 big stunts that we would do with these guys and gals. 
So how did you go from like master rock climber to master rigor of these crazies? Because there's got to be a path there because it's it seems like a big learning curve. You bet. So I've never once had any competition. Nobody has ever bid against me. So we obviously had a real good niche. I've been told that I'm very personable and that people enjoy working with me. And so that typically gets, I think, gets us invited back you know, year after year, but also extremely knowledgeable and experienced. So with all my firefighting experience, I understand life safety. I also have a huge construction background. So I understand construction. I understand commercial commercial construction. So when we're on a high rise, it's, it's very familiar territory. We're using window washing equipment or if we're using elevator shafts or whatever we're doing, zip lines over stadiums, you know, big football stadiums like the National Stadium in Washington, D.C. We built these amazing zip lines that were 700 feet long over the whole stadium. And we flew the Amazing Race contestants across the stadium, bungee jumping out of hot air balloons, falling out of helicopters into bungees. Are you sure you're not adrenaline junkie? I'm positive. (laughs) I'm so positive. Like, yeah, goodness. I, I but have you that, have, Darren, have you ever done your, I mean, you're not drilling, but have you ever done your courses with your teams to test them out? So ironically, I gained a reputation amongst my crew that Darren would never test anything that he designed. He would always <laughs> send out one of the one of the people that worked for me. And so I would always get poked at a little bit like, oh, you know, you, you send the expendable ones out. But the reality was this, there wasn't any time for me to go out there and goof around. Like, I know what it's like to be in a harness. I know what it's like to be in the air. I don't need to, to go out and test that. What I really need to do is watch somebody else do it so I can stand way, way back and look at the 10,000 foot level and look down on the project and not be, you know, on, at the ground level, you know. So I, I never, I can't think of a single rig that I designed and built that I actually had time and the desire to say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go out and try this. We were kind of already past all that, essentially. So, <laughs> yes, I'm going to ask, more, I'm more gonna ask the hard question. I mean, nobody's ever gotten hurt on, like, you know, nope. from the athlete side. Because I mean, some of the, when you watch Ninja Warriors, I've never seen Beast Mode. Like, you kind of look like there was no way anybody would ever make that or do that in that time. I mean, it's astounding to me. Like I was like, I got through my Spartan in under two hours, but like, I look at what you put these athletes through and some of this, I mean, it looks dangerous, but it looks so difficult. Very difficult. These are the hardest obstacle courses in the world. I did a lecture series in front of the Olympic committee, probably seven or eight years ago. And I, I lectured on human performance and how our obstacle courses have increased human performance and athleticism globally. We've really affected the way young people's confidence is acquired and how they focus on training. We're so far outside of traditional sports that we just literally created, we created athletes that now they've started going into professional sports and are, are they're doing very well. But when you flip the tables, if, a, if you take a professional football player, basketball player, hockey player, and by the way, I've had all, I've had them all. I've, I've had representatives from every professional sport, try the ninja course. They all go in the water. 
every one of them. The conditioning, the mindset, the confidence, it's totally different. When you play on a perfect court with perfectly painted lines and a perfectly round ball and perfect tennis shoes, perfect air conditioning, perfect lighting, and now and then you're an athlete versus, you know, being a rock climber where there are no painted lines and the athleticism, it's more about confidence than physical ability or, or how nice your shoes are, you know, that sort of thing. So the confidence that we've inspired in, in amongst the species globally, we've increased that human performance range. And so in doing that, though, back to your question about people getting hurt, we've been able to push the envelope, raise the bar year after year, but never have had to haul anybody away in an ambulance. Sure, we've had ruptured eardrums and, you know, dislocated shoulders and sprained fingers. I think maybe we've had one or two broken bones here and there. But the reality is, is these people know what they're getting into. Mm -hmm. They are signing over. They've watched the show. They've trained emphatically for it for, for, for months, if not years. This is all they've focused on. They know the culture. They know the risk. They know the dynamics. So if somebody does happen to get hurt in our course, you know, it certainly isn't on us. You know, it's, it's, yes, it's something that we should definitely get better at. But, you know, if we have an incident like that, it, it's not, it never comes back at us as like, oh, we were negligent or, or we, you know, we, we did something wrong. We've never been sued. We've never had an insurance claim for, from a competitor. So, yeah, and this is all over the world for over a decade. So we're talking about a lot of experience that, that's just basically perfect. How, Knock on it. How do you train for that? I mean, when I know when I was training for the Spartan, there's like, there's no good way to train for this because you just don't know what's out there. You know, back in the day, it was, oh my goodness, it was homemade ninja warrior courses in people's garages. And the ninjas would get together and compete. And then ninja gyms started popping up. I don't like when rock climbing, as, a, as an old rock climber, I've been climbing for 35 years. And in the 80s, when I started, that sport was for idiots with a death wish. That's what everybody thought about rock climbing. And now here in the 2000s, you know, everybody, just about everybody's been in a climbing gym or on a cruise ship or on a climbing wall. I mean, unbelievable. I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, evolution of mentality to where parents let their kids go climbing. Whereas in the old days, you know, it was just, just absolutely the opposite. So. Yeah, you know, that, that, the ninja gym phenomenon was the exact same. We saw rock climbing gyms pop up back in the 90s, you know, late 80s, early 90s. And now in the you know, late aught thousands and the early teens, you know, ninja gyms are, are popping up everywhere. Now we're in the roaring 20s. You know, we've got ninja gyms, you know, all over the place. I'm also a board member for a, a fantastic nonprofit that, that serves active duty military families to deal with routine combat deployment stress. Somebody in the family goes downrange for months, sometimes longer. Nobody in the family knows where they're at. They come home. They're a different person. The families are growing up. You know, it, it, there's a reintegration process. So we have 55 acres outside Fort Bragg. That's where I'm at right now. I'm actually in, in North Carolina. We, we've been working on our Ninja Warrior course here in North Carolina. And, and this is the only Ninja Warrior course in the world that is over water, that is two lanes wide, that has an intermediate and an elite course for, designed for families, and it's my design. It's the only place on the earth where you can touch my work that's not on television. 
And I do this for our, our American military family. We do it year after year. And everybody that comes out and works on this thing is extremely proud to be out here. So I'll send you over some photos after this so you can see kind of what we're, what we're up against and, and how it's going. But it's truly an honor to, to be able to carry a Ninja Warrior course for a nonprofit for military families, which, by the way, the military is the only profession on earth that utilizes an obstacle course for work. It's the only place. So it's, it's like the perfect culture to build a really hard course for the kids. And I mean, and we put them in the water. Like these kids are doing backflips into the water. <laughs> it's like unbelievably cool. <laughs> so well, That is so awesome that you're giving back. I think that that's at the end of the day, you've done all this wonderful work, but it probably feels just great to give back. Yeah. What are your plans right now? I mean, I know you're building it down there at Fort Bragg. I mean, you have an American Ninja Warriors. You have everything you've done. Tremendous work on all that. Like, what do you, are you doing? Are you building Ninja courses now for like a 1210 city tour this next year? Is it military only? I mean, what are your plans with this course now? Sure. So we have the RHF Ninja Warrior course. That stands for the Rick Harama Foundation, RHF. RHFnow.org is our website. And we have a ninja course. We have the equipment. We have myself. We have a team of my colleagues. We all get together and we design and build these things. And we've, we've been doing it at our property right outside of Fort Bragg in Fayetteville, North Carolina. We've been doing it there for six seasons now. And we're ready to get out on the road. We're ready to tour America. We, we'd like to you know, start hitting some cities, setting up this course. This is, it's all cause marketing. It's all a fundraiser. You know, none of this is about, I mean, obviously it takes money to, to run these programs and so on, but this is not about, you know, for me, this is not about profitability. This is about getting this course out there so that more people can put their hands on a ninja course for real and not just in a, so most of these ninja gyms, like you said earlier, they're places where people practice. That's not the real deal. And I know that because I am the original course creator. The bottom line is this. If you're not over water, it's not a ninja course, period. <laughs> like, so if you're, if you're in a gym somewhere over pads, you're practicing, but there's really nowhere for anybody to go except on the TV show for an actual Ninja Warrior course. And so we bring the water. We bring the obstacles. We bring the heat. We bring the water. And that's what we ultimately want to do. Just to give you an example, in America, we run oh, about 140 athletes per city, four or five cities. And then we have finalists in Vegas. So 140 times five, you know, 600-ish people, under 700 people a year in America out of what are we, north of 400 million now here in America? Mm -hmm. Whatever our population is, only 700 people are going to get to even touch this thing. And I think that with all the gyms and with all the fans and the athletes that are inspired about ninja work and ninja movement, it's time for us to have an opportunity or a place for, for people to actually compete real deal. None of this over pad stuff. <laughs> so. I think it's amazing. And I so hate that we're running out of time here. I, I'm excited to have you back on to follow you. I do think I'm going to put my hat in the ring of where I think I think there should be another ninja um, set up, Phoenix, obviously, LA, and Montana. 
but we'll talk about right. that later. I already got my stitches. It's going to be good to see you on tour. It's amazing because we all watch this from our living rooms. We all wish we could do it. And I know the Spartans, you know, the Spartan races is kind of like a mini ninja, but it's, this is just a tremendous thing you're doing. Where, if, if, where can people follow you or find out? I know you are going to start taking this out on the road. How can people find out which cities, how to apply and get involved? Right on. So there's really two places. I have very limited social media presence. I'm on good old LinkedIn under Darren Jeffrey, and you'll see my ninja pictures and you'll know it's me. And so you can always follow me on LinkedIn. And then, but the real spot is rhfnow.org, rhfnow.org. And that's because that's the ninja course that we're taking on tour. We are not taking the American Ninja Warrior on course. That's not for me to do. That's a television show. That's between NBC, the Japanese production teams, my old company. That is not what we're touring here at all. We are touring RHF Ninja Warrior, which we've been doing for seven years on our property and we're taking it out. We want to tour America with the RHF. So rhfnow.org and you can hop on there. You can do a ninja search and you'll see all of the updates as we, as we get them. So, and it's going to be a little while. We're, we're probably not going to post a schedule for the cities that we have in mind, you know, probably until late fall is my guess at the rate our discussions and the contracting is going right now for that. Looking forward to seeing you and having you over here. This is going to be exciting to watch this thing take off. Yes, it is, and it is definitely t- at, t- at ground level mode. We're 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 seven years at Rick's place here at RHF in North Carolina, and you know we have all the we have a huge military uh, base in the country. You know, fan, a fan base in the country, but we also want to open it up to civilians as well. So every city that we go to is also a partial fundraiser for the foundation. And I mean, we're just super excited to get this product out the door and get people an opportunity. That's awesome. Darren, I'm so glad you hopped on. I have to go back and finish building your course, but I'm so happy you took the time to come on and talk to us about this. Wonderful. Such a joy to see you too. And (laughs) and I I absolutely cannot wait to follow up more and, and to report some more good news. And I just love, the work that you two are doing as well. I mean, the, you guys have got such a beautiful blank canvas and you can you can push and find people and really highlight things that, that are truly special. So I'm honored that you, oh, you, you two you. had chosen to time with, with the work that I've been we doing. We just so love talking you. to people who, you know, besides leadership in tech, entertainment, sports, we just love people who are making a difference and doing good in the world. And you just, when we met, you just fit in to everything in our category. When is the next, when is the next, real quick, before we let you go, when is the next actual Ninja Warrior? It's going to be in Fort Bragg. Is it in a few weeks or? Right. So we start, so we're building now and it takes about 12 days to build this course. It's big. And then we, uh, the 10th, uh, so September 10th, we have an open enrollment day where if you are active duty or if you are former active, retired veteran, then you and your family can come out and you can compete for free. You can register on our website. You can come out and actually compete for free. All of our courses are sponsored courses. All The whole nonprofit is sponsored by donations and sponsors, basically. And that's so September 10th. And then again on the 17th. So those are two Saturdays back to back that are open to, uh, we just kind of say general military population. 
Otherwise, we have September 11th. We have a very special group that we that comes out with us every year in the military, and they celebrate September 11th with us on the Ninja Course with their families. And then Monday through Friday of next week, the units at Fort Bragg, all each of the units have an opportunity to come out for about three or four hours and have a family competition as well. So during the week, we're going to be hosting multiple military units that come out and they get to bring their families with them while they're at work. So it's really neat. That's so awesome, Darren. It was so good having you on the show. Definitely keep us posted when you start taking us out on tour to other cities. And um, we look you forward bet. to having you back again. But until then, this is Sarah Miller, Marjorie DeHay with Media Mavis Podcast with Darren Jeffries, Ninja Warriors, and we'll look forward to seeing everybody soon. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Media Mavens Podcast. If you don't want to miss an episode or want to download past episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Media Mavens Podcast on your favorite podcast provider. To learn more about the podcast or our guests, please visit MediaMavensPodcast.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.